Eric, uh, thanks so much for, for joining us. Uh, what I think is going to be a really good discussion around sensors and technology and data and platforms and, and, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, all, all very exciting and, and like many, many different industries, ours is changing rapidly um, with, you know, cloud computing and all this kind of stuff. So um, really interested to get your take on it and, and how distance uh, kind of wants to work with its, its partners. So could you please just give me a little bit of uh, background on, on yourself and, and, and the business and, and what you guys do? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, thank you for having me here, Rafi. Um, well, it's in short about myself, I, I, I've spent about over 15 years in the industry, mainly, uh, oil and gas. Uh, I've been all over the world in the weirdest places. And then I ran into these guys at distance. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a business development manager for them. Um, so what, what this is does is we are in the business, in the business of, uh, maximizing your machine health. So. We focus on rotating machinery and we make them, uh, last longer, produce more and perform better. Um, the condensed solution that we have built for this helps our ORM and, uh, oh, sorry, OEM and M MRO partners, uh, to, and the end user organizations to, to run more efficiently and, and, uh, increase their asset reliability. We have done this for close to 20 years now. And, um, we started from planetary gearboxes in the wind industry. Since yeah. of course the, 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 the remoteness was, uh, uh and then the cost of, of, of maintenance was high. So, um, that was the, the, the main driver for, for the first customer in that field. Uh, those systems are still in use as a wide label and uh, which is also how we eventually got to design Condense, um, okay. which we developed in, in 2016. That's really interesting. So do, do you mind if I just jump in there? Cause, uh, I mean, the wind industry has obviously come a long way in the last, mm -hmm. you said you guys have been in business for 20 years. I mean, back 20 years ago, I think it was, uh, micro pitting failures, right? Which were kind of plaguing yes. the, the wind mm -hmm. industry. Um, mm -hmm. so is that, is that one of the reasons that, uh, you know, your initial customers had come to you, but they were seeing, they were seeing failures and wanted to be able to recognize them in real time. Um, how did, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, I, I, I think the main driver there was, uh, as I said, the remoteness and, and, uh, the, the cost of maintenance that came with that. Yeah. Um, it's, I think the wind industry has been working on remote monitoring since the eighties. They are kind of the forerunners of it. And it's, it's the most saturated market that we've seen as well. So, uh, their main driver is the high cost and, 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 um, uh, that really decreased significantly by implementing remote, uh, uh, monitoring systems. So up till this day, um, this customer and, and more customers, um, they use our systems to, uh, to monitor, uh, the, 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 the gearbox, they monitor the generator and the main barrier. Usually the turbine is left alone since the OEM already equipped and with, uh, with quite capable uh, solutions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, sorry. I sort of interrupted you there, but you were talking about, um, I guess the, yeah, the, the condensed platform. Ah, yes, of course. Um, well, we, we, we decided to, to develop the platform, 
uh, back in 2016 because we realized uh, doing everything on a project base that's basically reinventing the wheel over and over again for a million bucks. So um, that's when we did in, in, in uh, five years ago, and that has become the condensed platform, which we are building uh, mainly to deliver as a wide label to OEMs and MRO companies, but also as direct deliveries to, uh, to end users. Um, so what we do with that is we deliver relevant tools and, and scalability that's needed for, to build a future-proof IoT solution. Um, and something we recognize in the market is that these solutions can never be a one-size-fits-all approach. So we combine a, a, a software-as-a-service platform with automated vibration analysis, uh, oil analysis, uh, and other continuous uh, condition monitoring technologies. And that forms a different approaches to serve different machine criticality levels, but still all of them in one and the same platform, which the end user values highly, we noticed as well. Um, so, for instance, under the, the smart terminals, they have an open sensor interface that connects basically any commercial sensor out there and, and, and works adapter on site before sending it. The cloud itself is open as well. It, this can integrate with the CMMS, with inventory or IT systems, but can also, it also has a third party hardware and cloud to cloud interface. So, we communicate on, on, on many different levels. This flexibility allows our customers to, to integrate their assets with decision-making, yep. right? And then they can do that globally, free from, from time and space. And then because they own their data 100%, this also builds up their database to further future-proof their company. Okay. So can That's I have some arguments too? Yeah. Sorry. Do you mind if I just jump in here? Because, you know. People hear like all these terms getting thrown around, sort of like cloud and end to end to end and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, I, I think for, especially for guys that are sort of more grounded in machinery and engineering and haven't had that much exposure to, let's say the software side of the business, um, all of a sudden that sort of like spins your head a little bit. So if I were to understand it correctly, you guys can plug into data streams from most uh, commercially available sensors. Right, so you can buy an yes. off-the-shelf sensor, and usually it's it's pinging out. Um, you know, let's say it's a it's a vibration sensor, it's pinging out vibration data, whether that's you know to the internet or to a local server. But as long as you can intercept that signal, right, because it's it's an open platform, then you guys are able to bring that data in, and effectively with that data, your platform allows that data to be integrated into virtually any system that the maintenance organization is already using. Is that a fair summary of, of what it does? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But that's, that, that's, that's pretty fair indeed, Rafi. Um, um, the, the commercial sensors, uh, for accelerometers, for example, mm. they are, um, as long as they are IEPE they're compatible with, uh, with this terminal. And then we have, uh, analog, uh, connections in there too, for pressure flow, current or, or whatever, and Modbus connections. So, so for Modbus for, uh, for example, the, the, the smart sensors and, and, the, uh, 
oil sensors, etc. Um, in inside this terminal, the the analysis then takes place, right? So uh, the terminal every cycle it 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 does around five hundred fifty different calculations, looking at uh, vibration uh, uh, samples, but also looking at the same sample we look at it from a different angle and we see friction as well. So we even can see the, 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 the need for greens in, the, in, 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 a, in a bearing. So we even turn that into a, a, a need-based, well, we allow for design of need-based uh, schedules rather than time-based. Yeah. Similar so to that, what... Um, so I was gonna ask, is that analytics that's coming from, uh, from you guys, from Condense? Um, or is that, are they, let's say analytics that are applied by the end user? No, these are uh, analytics that are designed by us. We, we have developed these, uh, algorithms and, um, the, the, what I described to you just now shortly, uh, the, the, the friction one we have uh, developed in, in close collaboration with the university here. Um, so. This we have put in that terminal. So basically we've put the knowledge of, of, of decades of research and, 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 and multiple, uh, a multitude of, of experts in that terminal, they live in there. Right. And, and what happens there is every cycle, uh, that's completed the lean data, because it's not a big bulk anymore. It's being sent to the cloud every five minutes. Right. So, um, but also the raw data is sent once per day. So everything, everything stays available for the clients in that cloud. Um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's in a nutshell, what, 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 what happens with it. Then in, in the cloud, there is, it's, it's stopped by some analysis as well. Yeah. Okay. So that, um, I think one of the interesting things, uh, for me, at least picking up there was, uh, the idea that expertise is baked into, uh, kind of the, the platform, right. In the sense that yeah. there's a whole bunch of research that's gone on and you sort of get to take advantage of this mm -hmm. because it's in many ways it's put on autopilot. And, um, mm -hmm. I guess the thing that's interesting for me there is, is maybe speaks to wider industry trends where we've seen a lot of, I would say experts in the field, you know, I can speak specifically to lubrication and lubricants technologies mm -hmm. over the last 10 years, a lot of that experience has left the industry. Um, and there hasn't really been, you know, people coming through to replace a lot of that expertise. So one of the problems that I see is uh, how do you, how do you scale the expertise of the few people that remain, you know, and, uh, yeah, obviously we have to do yeah. that digitally because that's really the only way that yeah. you can do it. And it's interesting to see, to, to hear you talk about that specifically as being one of the features of the product is that there are, there are people, you know, with expertise who developed a lot of these algorithms and then that becomes baked into the software. Yeah, and indeed that's, that's one of the ways we approach it by, um, basically by putting this in, in the terminal itself, uh, on, on the edge, um. Part of that expertise is available, right? And that is mainly to, um, to automize the routine tasks on site. 
So all of the, the, the routine measurements that I've taken and calculated, we automize that, which makes it way quicker, right? So, but another thing we do with the platform is because it's an, 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 uh, an open and collaborative platform, we leave the expertise that's floating around there, we leave them right there where they love to be the most and where they need it the most, right? So what happens now is that by them being able to further analyze data remotely through either the built-in analysis tool or by extracting the data and running it in their own favorite software, they can do their job remotely and they only have to travel to sites when absolutely needed. Mm-hmm. Because we have noticed that um, the experts, uh, the expertise, like a, a f- vibration analyst, oil analyst, they're scarce, right? And scarcity makes them expensive and uh, difficult to uh, to get where you really need them. You need them today, you need them tomorrow, right? So we we make those people available when they are needed. And and, and from the analyst, uh, for, from the specialist point of view, they don't need to travel to site for, for every measurement and, 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 and then uh, go through a safety training and opening the toolbox around lunchtime and then uh, at nighttime in their hotel room do the analysis. Yeah. They don't have to do that anymore. They can, they can wake up, start their job at, at, at 8 o'clock, finish by 10, next job, right? And they, they can do that from home, from a beach in Bali. We don't care where they are. They might care where they are. Yeah. Right? So this is what I, what, what I mean with turning scarcity in, in, into availability when it comes to experts. Instead of putting experts into our box, you belong to distance now, you work for distance and you are stamped condens. You don't work for anyone else anymore. No. They should work for everyone else. Their knowledge should be available to anyone out there who needs it. As you just said, a lot of the knowledge is already disappearing from the market. And on top of this, Rafi, it takes a long time to build up as well. Before you go from a cat one to a cat two, it takes, it takes time. Okay. It takes experience, continuous uh, uh, presence in the field. From two to three, it takes longer. From three to four, it takes even longer than that, right? Hmm. So it's, and these people, we need them. We need their knowledge and their knowledge needs to be available. And on the other end, um, the user, the demand increases more even because everything is being digitalized nowadays. Yeah. Right. So mm. we try to stimulate that part. Because, you know, um, what you're speaking to is, uh, almost a kind of a consultant level uh, model, right? Where you would have mm-hmm. specific experts that can be contacted basically by anyone that let's say, for example, uses the distance platform, regardless of which company they work for, right? Um, for, for an opinion or for, you know, for an analysis or whatever, we're seeing a similar thing happen in Australia, but within companies. So a lot of the time, let's say, for example, in the mining sector, you know, your you likes of BHP, Rio Tinto, these are huge organizations with assets that are scattered, certainly all across Australia, but increasingly all across the world. And so often what they're doing is they'll have a, a 
engineering center of excellence, right, located in a city, let's say it's Perth, um, that is doing remote monitoring of all the different sites. And like you say, that, and that enables them uh, to do it remotely. Now, mm -hmm. I think the, the one thing to sort of play off is that nothing is going to sort of replace uh, in-person inspection but this kind of gives you the ability to triage, right? Like I don't need to be everywhere at the same time. I'm getting all this Indeed. data coming in and it can tell me at a high yeah. level, do I need to travel to site today? Yeah. Yeah. yeah indeed. Because a, a, a lot of those tasks are, um, unnecessary to do in the field. Uh, similarly for, uh, oil analysis by, by optimizing that. A lot of uh, samples that are uh, being sent to the lab unnecessarily because they're healthy, just confirming they're healthy, right? You can skip all of that. Instead, you, you only take a sample when you need to take one and then you put it under a microscope. Mm. No earlier and no later, right? So it's, it's effic effectivity, efficiency, it's, it's, it's availability. It's, it's, it's all wrapped in one by collaborating. And, um, let me be clear on this, that the remote experts, they don't have to be in our database either, because if you are a customer and you have condense, then you have the ability, if you need a third, uh, uh, third party, um, uh, advice, uh, if you need a further inspection, right, a deeper analysis, then you simply, you can source anyone on the planet anywhere that you give this job to. Right. Suppose you have category three in your uh, company or category two and you need a category three for this problem. You source one, you approach them, would you like to take a look at this and you negotiate, then you open up the cloud temporarily password protected and they take a look in the, in, in the data analysis tool, in the vibration analysis tool. And then, and, and then, as I said earlier, they can uh, even extract the data and then work on that. So. It, it, it opens up in, in, in many different ways mm. and they can do it while being on a lunch break on a different job as well. Yeah. Because you so need them. Maybe a question that's more, a little bit more specific for this audience. Cause, um, you know, a lot of people will have a maintenance background here, but maybe specialize in mm -hmm. lubrication. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it feels like the transition from, uh, vibration analysis to online vibration analysis, that's not too big a leap, but within the, let's say oil analysis side of our real-time monitoring, it feels like it's a much bigger jump from your standard, you know, oil analysis that's sent off to a lab versus the inline monitoring that we're currently doing. Um, it doesn't seem like, uh, the, the, the two, are. It's easy to make the jump in understanding from one to the other, right? How are you seeing that sort of play out? Cause again, you're, you're, you're speaking about expertise, right? And the idea that you can lean on basically a second opinion from anywhere in the world, specific to, to mm -hmm. lubrication expertise. Do you, are you seeing the industry sort of catch up with the, uh, online, uh, sense of business? Um, yeah, more and more it's, it's, that happens all around us. And the, the, the thing that we notice is that the, basically the technology is available mm -hmm. for all of it. 
but how to implement it for the end user, that is the challenge. Hmm. And, and, and for our OEM partners and our MRO partners specifically, it is a challenge to change their business models from, uh, from, from the, the traditional maintenance approach to a remote or a hybrid business model. And then we also help them with that, uh, with that change process. Um, but back to the technology, indeed, especially for, um, uh, oil analysis, this is mainly based on, on smart sensors, right? So there again, the technology is available. We simply connect it, right? And then we top that with, with uh, further analysis in the terminal and in the cloud. Um, what I'd like to see out there is, um, um, maybe a next generation of chemical sensor. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That looks at more than that. And, and, and something else that we noticed and, and, uh, which is also something I mentioned in the, in the LRVS talk, uh, recently, um, it's. <laughs> For example, when you look at, um, at varnish, right? Varnish, you can, of course, text, but then it's already there, right? One stage earlier, you can, uh, tackle oxidation forming, right? By detecting water in the oil. So that's one step earlier, but still at that point, there's water in your oil. So. What we're doing right now, and then what we're also open for on, on, on that third party hardware, uh, um, uh, in interface is to third party suppliers, vendors, OEMs, or whatever they are, right? In this case, we are, uh, into, we, we integrated a desiccant reader, right? So by doing that and by controlling that part, we basically allow you to prevent moisture, humid air from yep. entering the system, right? So you go, you go from, um, um, from reactive to predictive to, um, well, maybe back to preventive. Yeah. But a different, different approach of it. You, you kind of prevent, uh, um, the varnish to, to, to happen. Right. So, yeah. and I, 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 I think there's more of, of, of such a pro approaches, uh, available. Yeah. There's more opening up. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting. So I'd just like to pick up a little bit on uh, a subject that I think we've been sort of talking around at the edges, which is, uh, this idea of open source versus closed system. So, you know, I think it, it's very popular with data first companies and software companies to be open source, that's sort of in, in their DNA a little bit. Um, and, mm -hmm. and distance very much seems to come from that sort of ilk. My understanding is that with most off the shelf, third party sensors, it's very easy to extract that data and have that on your platform. But let's say, for example, I am a turbo machinery operator and I have a GE frame nine on site. Well, that. Turbine usually comes with its own suite of sensors, whether it's, you know, temperature sensors for the bearings or it's, you know, RPM sensors. Can the condensed platform tap into those data feeds as well? Um, 
basically, yes, we can. Um, it's not as straightforward as, as a normal commercial sensor, of course, since they're proprietary, uh, proprietary sensors. Um, so there's a, there's a, there's a key in there that we need, of course. Um, we are hooking up to third party sensors as well. If you look, for example, at our, um, uh, easy package for the lower end of the, uh, for the less critical machinery, we've, we've adopted a wireless sensor there from a third party. So, um, usually these guys don't mind you hooking up same, same we do with our smart sensors because for, for them at the bottom line, they still sell, sell a sensor. Right. But for the situation you described just now, uh, where the turbine is protected by the OEM system, um, the situation might be a bit, bit different, of course, um, in regards to warranties, et cetera, because they, they mm -hmm. put the, their own sensors there for a reason. So, but technically, yes, we can connect from a technical point of view. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's, it's more a matter of getting permissions from the OEM. Yeah, it's, it's a, per a permission thing. And, and, uh, it's also, uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, but our, our main targets start with the tier two critical equipment and then work their way down. Um, with having said that we can, um, do the tier one as well, the, the the, the, the system is quite capable of, of covering, uh, highly critical machinery. However, uh, the turbines, uh, main compressor, etc. that stuff is usually covered by the OEM or by, uh, plant, uh, management systems as yeah. systems. Okay. So, cause I, I wanted to ask to cover everything below that. Yeah. I just wanted to ask a little bit about sort of the emerging business landscape too, right? Because, mm. um, you know, again, many, many business trends kind of follow the, the software industry. And, uh, one of the emerging trends that I think we're starting to see is everything being provided as a service, right? Mm -hmm. so it's, uh, you know, software as a service and entertainment as a service. And, mm. and now, you know, SKF had announced that they want to do rotation as a service. So you basically pay, mm -hmm. pay per revolution rather than paying, um, you know, for, for a bearing essentially. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering, you know, do you see any emerging themes in this kind of sense of industry? Because, you know, I, I don't know what SKS plans are, right. But, um, it would in many ways make a lot of sense if, if they wanted to have their own closed proprietary system that, that no one can talk to, if that makes sense. Um. But do you, do you guys see any emerging themes in this industry? Yeah, the, the different types of models are emerging all around us. Of course, um, we look at the world a little bit different from that. Uh, we are a hundred percent undependent and, and, and for us, it's very important that you are the asset owner, the data that we from is, it belongs to you. It's, it's your gold mine, right? It's not someone else's. Um. And what we, what we see with, uh, some of our MRO partners, for example, is that they, um, they develop models in more reliability as a service uh, where, where you approach the, uh, the clients, um, based on 
for an X amount of dollars per day, we safeguard your equipment. We, uh, we, we assure you uh, reliability, uptime. So that is one of the business models that we see emerging most. Yeah. Yeah. And other than that, um, as I said earlier, the remote models and hybrid models that develop, uh, that gets them closer to the customer as well, right? It, it, it's, for us, they are the feet on the ground locally, right? And they are the, the knowledge and expertise that is closer to the customer. They, 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 for, us, for us, they bridge the cultural gap, the, the linguistic gap. Uh, uh, they, they, they close that and they build the trust with, with the customers. That for us, it's harder to build from all the way over here. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a win-win-win because the customer, for the, for the end user, uh, the question of, or maybe the fear of, of, um, having help not, a, not available immediately when, when they need it, it's kind of, it's, it's gone because their partner is right by their side, their service mm-hmm. partner. Yeah. So th- that's, that's, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure if I answered your question there. No, I think that, that did a good job. That did a good job. And, and maybe I'd like to sort of finish off most of these, uh, these interviews with a question of really about let's give more towards the future. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the, the internet of things, it feels like mm-hmm. it's been on the horizon for about 10 years. Um, but now it's really starts to be in, in many ways, it's, it's a much longer journey than that. Like, like you, what you were talking is we've been doing mm-hmm. online sensing basically since the 1980s. Um, but mm-hmm. it's really with all these with all the cloud infrastructure that's been built on the back end by the likes of AWS and Microsoft Azure and all that, making it much more accessible and much more economic, feels like Internet of Things is really kind of hitting its stride now. So, you know, where do you where do you see the future um, of, of this of this industry? Obviously, we're expecting a lot of growth, um, but do you think that a lot of the growth will come from existing players in the market, or do you see you know, startup software type companies kind of entering the space. How do you, how do you guys view the landscape? Oh, I think that's wide open. Um, the traditional players, they, they add their value and then they continue adding their, their value. But as it is in, in most businesses, there's sometimes the new breeze is something you really like. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's. You will never rule out, um, as I said before, the, the, uh, plant management or asset management systems that are established, they are really great at what they do and, and the, the purpose they, they, they have been built for. Um, but there's other stuff that can complement it. And, and a lot of this comes from new developments and that, that goes faster and faster. And, and this is also. Um, for us, it's one of the drivers to be open as we are. Uh, first of all, of course, it's, it's a practical thing mm-hmm. instead of being, uh, starting with a sensor, putting R and D resources in a sensor, developing it, marketing it. And then what the sensor technology gets outdated, but I still have to, to get my, uh, uh, uh to fill my margins on it. I mean, I still, uh, and, but. And well, at what point do I develop into 
for example, uh, self-harvesting, which is the next, uh, the next thing that, uh, that that's already happening, right? So when do I start putting new R&D resources in that sensor, right? Instead of that, we have this terminal that can be the same terminal practically for ages. Mm. When sensor technology becomes obsolete, we simply connect other sensors or, or you do it as a customer, right? Simple as that. Yeah. So um, that is where I see more in, 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 in the, uh, we should be open. We should have open sources. We should share knowledge. We should collaborate. Everything should be out there. It should not be uh, boxed in in in, uh, in different brands. Yeah. Um, and I, I I think that's not what the end user wants either. They want the knowledge available, and they don't want to run six different systems for uh, for 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 purpose of of uptime of their machinery. Yeah. Well, they have one or two systems. It's 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 way different, right? Yeah. Yeah. So open available and good for the end user. I feel like that's a pretty good place to end. Um, so, so thanks Eric for uh, sharing your knowledge, uh, not just about, you know, uh, distance and, and the, uh, the condense platform, but more broadly about, uh, the, the sensor and platform industry in general. So, uh, really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us and, uh, yeah, thanks very much. I thanks for having me, Rafi. Cheers.